versus the World Productions. Scaring normal people on the internet since 2010. www.vtwproductions.com We are at war. We need a team. Let's do a head count. The super soldier. The demigod. A couple of master assassins. And there's me. Yeah, we have a gnome. Welcome to VTW Productions and our coverage of the 2012 Phoenix Comic Con, featuring your favorite superhero commentary team, the Casuals. Casuals assemble! I am Gnomewise. I am Gonora. I am Iolite. I am Dexa. I am Grail. And I am versus you. I am versus you. And I'm versus you. I am versus you. And I'm versus you. Casually Hardcore. Sundays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. GMT. Only on VTWProductions.com. Well, ladies and gentlemen, first let's uh, let's welcome you guys to the uh, first uh, big day of Phoenix Comic Con 2012. <laughs> I, am, I am super excited for our panel here today. Um... Uh, our, uh, our guest today um, rose to uh, critical acclaim for his role as Kunta Kinte in Alex Haley's Roots. Um, he's inspired an entire generation of uh, people to have a, you know, a newfound love for reading uh, with his work on Reading Rainbow. But many of us are most familiar with him as the role of uh, helmsman and then later chief engineer, uh, Lieutenant Commander Jordy LaForge on uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is my great honor to introduce LeVar Burton. Good afternoon. Because as my first teacher, she taught me, among many things, that it is always appropriate to speak when spoken to. <laughs> I would suspect some of you had a mother who was similarly disposed. <laughs> and so, I'll start again. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon. <laughs> Home training. <laughs> it works. It's a pleasure to be here in Phoenix, and thank you for arranging a cool, by comparison, <laughs> weekend. It's good to be back in uh, the land of the sun. Isn't that what they call Arizona? The land of the sun? Sort of? Valley, usually. The valley of the sun. The valley land. <laughs> and uh, that overzealous sheriff that y'all have <laughs> here. Oh. Just because he's a villain doesn't mean you have to boo. <laughs> You're right, it is more fun to boo at the villains, isn't it? <laughs> One more time. Boo. 
Owen, how's this going so far? Great, great. Uh, this is a this is a wonderful crowd. <laughs> I agree. So, how do you want to do this? Do you want to? Uh, do you want to? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have a couple of questions. Um, you do. We're gonna we're gonna take questions from the audience here in just a couple of minutes. So, if you have a question in mind, uh, if you want to go ahead and start lining up in front of the microphone up here, um, we'll uh, we'll try to get to those here in just a couple of minutes. Uh, my first question is. Um, what are you working on now? I've heard some rumors about a new Reading, Reading Rainbow project that might be in, in the works. Where? <laughs> on, on the internet. Oh, there. <laughs> oh, and you should know better than to believe everything you hear on well, the internet. Well, that's why I'm asking you. I figured I'd come to the source. Okay. Well, let's, let's put all those rumors to bed. Uh, and to rest. The first rumor I would like to address is that um, Reading Rainbow is indeed coming back. <laughs> However, it is important to note that that is the good news. The other news is that it is not a television show any longer. Reading Rainbow will be re-released, rebooted, June 19th via an app for tablet computers. And here's why. Television was the technology that we used in the 80s to encourage children to make a connection with literature and the written word. And this generation, they call the wired generation. Don't they? Television only occupies a small aspect of how they interact with the world and consume information and entertainment. And so take, translating that television experience into a multimedia experience for tablet computers made enormous sense to me. And so for the past two years, I have been almost exclusively engaged in an effort to make that dream a reality and we are very excited about finally releasing product in just a few weeks time june 19th available initially in the app store for ios platform devices and before the end of the year for select android devices as well Um, so that's, uh, that's coming out here um, in a couple of weeks. Um, is there anything else that you've been working on? Anything else new that you have planned for the rest of the year? Or My God, you're greedy, aren't you? <laughs> no, just curious. Just curious. Um, in fact, uh, later this summer, um, on TNT, um, I am in a series called Perception, along with the very lovely, incredibly talented Eric McCormick from Will and Grace. Very nice. You can applaud for Eric McCormick. Can you tell us anything about the show? Or? No. Okay. <laughs> I love torturing you. <laughs> That's really good. Um, perception. Uh, perception is, uh, it's a, um, it's actually a really uh, clever idea. Created by Ken Biller and Mike Sussman. Um, veterans of the Star Trek family of writers. 
Um, it is a procedural uh, in as much as Eric's character helps the FBI solve crimes. Um, however, the character that he plays is really, I, don't, I, I know I've never seen this character on television before. He is a neuroscientist who is also a paranoid schizophrenic. And so he, the way his mind works uh, and the style of the show actually gives us an insight into the way his mind works, really aids him in his ability to solve puzzles. In fact, he oftentimes has conversations with people who aren't actually there. And the fun is sometimes they are and sometimes they're not actually present. Um, the character I play, uh, Dean Haley, uh, a tribute to Alex, is the dean at the, the university where Eric's character is a professor. And we were college roommates, Eric's character and mine. And uh, Dean Haley has a special insight into the nature of, um, of Eric's character's particular gift. Sounds fantastic. Um, I think at this point we should probably, I mean, there's a lot of people in here. I'm sure they have a lot of, you know, interesting questions that they'd like to, to ask you. So if we want to. And, and here, here's the first interesting question now. I'm sorry to put so much pressure on you. You're first in line. It's to be expected. Um, as an early childhood educator, I'm always looking for good children's books. So I was wondering, one, what your favorite book was as a child, and also what your favorite book was that you reviewed on Reading Rainbow. Wow. That's a lovely question. <laughs> Give her a hand. Um, my favorite book as a child, that's easy. Um, it is the book that I was reading when the light bulb went on for me. Um, and I love to tell this story. I was with maybe third, fourth grade reading Captain's Courageous. Rudyard Kipling. And what stands out in my mind about that experience is that when I got to the end of the book, um, I was overwhelmed with this feeling of sadness. Had no idea. I mean, I, I was completely caught off guard by this uncontrollable sense of loss, having spent a couple of weeks in the company of these people completely engaged in the narrative. And once I was finished, I, I didn't know what it was then, but I know now, I, I, I got depressed. Um, and so that was the experience that hooked me. That was when I really became a reader in earnest. To this day, when I'm reading a, a, a really good piece of, of fiction, I slow down the last few chapters trying to forestall that inevitable sense of depression <laughs> that sets in. I, I, I think some of you know what I mean. Um, we did 155 episodes of Reading Rainbow. Every one featured, uh, had a featured selection and then three, sometimes four review books. Um, it is virtually impossible to pick a favorite uh, from all of those. However, having said that, there are a few that stand out uh, for me. Uh, Amazing Grace, one of my favorite children's books of all time. 
um, and Enemy Pie. Um, also just a phenomenal story about a young boy who has a dilemma in that his, his neighbor and his enemy um, wants to play with him. <laughs> and his father comes up with a solution as to how to rectify that called Enemy Pie. Um, if you haven't read it, I wholly recommend it. It's a great read. It'll take you about six minutes. <laughs> and it's one of those books you won't see the ending coming. You bet. Hi. What's your name? Sophia. Hi, Sophia. How old are you? I'm 10. 10. Very brave, Sophia. Sophia. Thank you. Let's give Sophia a hand for bravery. <laughs> Courage, Sophia, is an admirable quality in women. Thank you. You're welcome. Go for women's rights. <laughs> right on, baby. <laughs> The visor took roughly 30 seconds. <laughs> now, if you ask Michael Dorn the same question, <laughs> you will, I suspect, get a somewhat longer answer. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> you have another one? Yeah, but this guy came up to me and he might be mad if I ask another question. <laughs> That was a short answer. I think we've got time for one more. Now, 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 you don't have to boo just because he's a villain. <laughs> Sophia, go ahead. What's it like being on a really, really long TV show with very limited breaks? Exhausting. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Jordy, nice to meet you. <laughs> it's a pleasure. <laughs> uh, Roots was one of my favorite books ever. Alex Haley's writing changed my life. Awesome book. Read it like four or five times at least. Wow. Try to get through it. I love that book. I was wondering what authors you're reading now what it was like to work with Alex Haley, if you did get to work with him, and have you ever read um, a book called A Fine Balance by an author last name Mystery, M-I-S-T-R-Y. He's, he's an Indian writer, and it's an epic book, like Roots, kind of. So anyways, um, I put my two questions are, what was it like working with Alex Haley? Did you meet him? What did you think of him? And then who are your authors that you read right now? A great question. Alex Haley, um, uh, uh, wow. He was in... Um, in my opinion, um, and, and I don't use these two words in combination all that often, he was a great man. Um, not only was he a, just an amazing storyteller, a master storyteller, not only in the written word, he was, he was a master of stories in the oral tradition. 
Um, Alex Haley's he's the only writer I've ever read, um, and perhaps it's because of my relationship with him, but Alex had a very distinctive rhythm and cadence when he spoke, and I probably heard him deliver to an audience the story of how he came to write Roots uh, dozens, dozens of times. When I read Alex's words, I hear his voice, I hear his cadence, I hear his intonations, I hear his rhythms in my head, and, and that is, for me, truly a, a sign of the authenticity of his storytelling style. Um, the man certainly changed my life forever, and, and, uh, and I'm phenomenally grateful to him. He was one of my, my teachers, and I feel very strongly that I'm, I've been very fortunate in my life to have had the teachers that I have had. He was a mentor to me, um, and, and I've had a couple of really good ones, um, including Gene Roddenberry and Fred Rogers. And Alex is in that pantheon, um, without a doubt, without question. Um, in terms of uh, who I'm reading now, um, oh boy. Um, right now I am immersed in uh, a, a, a science fiction compendium, uh, the Year's Best. I'm trying to re recall the name of the, oh, uh, Gardner DeZoyes. Um, he puts together a, a compendium every year. I, I think I'm the, I don't know, the 23rd, 24th. Uh, anniversary version uh, of that. It's just a collection of science fiction short stories. I, I love sci-fi sci literature. It's the body of literature I, I've always gravitated toward most. Um, so Gardner DeZoy's uh, compendium. Um, just finished rereading the entire Sherlock Holmes canon. My, my 18, yeah. My, <laughs> my, my soon-to-be 18-year-old daughter uh, recently got me hooked on uh, on this new version of Sherlock uh, out of, you guys hip? Oh my God, this, this guy, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, is just mind-blowing. And, and, and so uh, those, those stories, the, that, that retelling of really, really good stories has caused me to want to go back to the originals. And, and read them all. So I'd, I'd have to say um, I, I have most recently the voice of, of Arthur Conan Doyle in my head. Great, great question. Thank you. Hi. Hi. I was wondering, are you going to try and sneak over to the Nerdist podcast tonight? Well, then are you with the Nerdist podcast? No. Just going to watch. Just going to watch. You know, they invited me to come on, and they said, you know, would you come on? I said, yes. They said, good, it'll start around 7.30. I said, fine. And then they, they came back and said, well, we couldn't fit you in at 7.30. Can you come at 9, and we'll be done with you by 11.30? And I thought, I, no. <laughs> Tomorrow's a work day for me, and I have drinking to do with my friends. <laughs> So um, at, at this point, it, it, is, it is doubtful. However, I, I do appreciate the, the invitation, at least the first time it was offered. <laughs> or what about Chris Gore's podcast today? Oh, um, it, it, I don't know. Who knows what the day may hold? <laughs> Hi. Hi. My name's Kim. I saw you in Community mm. in the second season. Yes. You were amazing. Ah. 
Community fans in the house? Genuinely, I think one of the, probably the most inventive show on television, on network television, anyway, currently. Do you like working with the staff and the writers? Because I thought they were My experience on Community was, was really one where I loved every moment of it. It, it, it. it was truly, it was so much fun. And Donald Glover is without question one of the most talented people breathing on this planet at this time. I just, I cannot say enough about his work. And Childish Gambino, if you're not hip to his, his alter ego, wow, wow. The, the, the man is ridiculously talented and should be summarily slapped. <laughs> Thank you. No, you can't disappoint a picture. <laughs> However, you can disappoint the person who is in the picture. <laughs> so watch your ass. Hello, I'm Buffy. Hi, Buffy. Uh, hello. Um, I'm I've always Buffy. wanted to meet a Buffy, seriously. Oh, seriously? <laughs> seriously. <laughs> it's got to be a myth. Nobody names their kid Buffy. Really? <laughs> Buffy, what's your middle name? Jane. Buffy Jane. And your surname? Anderson. Buffy Jane Anderson. Yeah, that works. Right? That's music. Okay. <laughs> Buffy Jane Anderson. And, and, and you know what? Oh, yes. It suits you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank no, really. It suits you. Oh, bless your the, heart. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I, I just, many fond memories in the library and spending my summers watching Reading Rainbow and watching Star Trek and all yeah. those. Um, I wanted to come up here, and since you are so passionate about, about literature, I was wondering what the impetus was for inspiration in your life from an in, a, a person growing up, maybe an adult or a mentor or anyone like that. Uh, for Reading Rainbow? Or for... For, for your passion for, for oh, my passion for reading and yeah. for literature. And my mother, without question. Without question, without question, without question, my mother, Irma Jean. Um, yeah, I say all the time, in, in Irma Jean's house, you either read a book or you got hit in the head with one. <laughs> and, and it's true. It's really true. She really was... Uh, my mother was an English teacher, and she read not only to me when I was a child, um, she read in front of me. And when I could read um, on my own, she read with me. So I grew up in a family where reading was really expected um, of me, and um, and I'm 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 grateful. So it's my mother who is really responsible for my relationship with the written word. Buffy, before you go, just indulge me. Sing a little of the Reading Rainbow theme song with me, would you? <laughs> Butterfly in the sky. I can go twice as high. Take a look. It's in a book. Reading Rainbow. Wow. Angel and Buffy, Jane Anderson. But you don't have to take my word for it. No, wait a minute. 
it? Yes, you do. <laughs> Let me amend that. You do have to take my word for it. Yes, sir. Hello. Um, by the way, if uh, any more podcasts drop out on you, I, you can be on mine. We'll pay for your drinks. God bless. Thank you. So, I'm filming it here anyway. Um, so I have a Roots-related question. Uh, which of theirs is your favorite album? <laughs> The latest one, the most recent. It's fantastic. Do you have it? The most recent Roots album? Yeah. Is it Game Theory? Undone. Undone. Oh, Undone. 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 Run. Run. Run to your iPod and, and download it. It is, it's, no, it's seriously. It is the joint. Honestly, I love the Roots since I've heard them. Quest Love's absolutely one of the best drummers in the world. Not one of the best. Up against Dave Grohl, it's like a different... Okay, Dave Grohl, but we're talking Questlove? He's, no, he is the man. Right. But I learned from Dave Grohl and, uh, and Led Zeppelin records. Let's stuff, not get it twisted. Dave Grohl's a lovely drummer. Yeah. <laughs> but we're talking about Questlove. Quest is a drummer. <laughs> he, he's a metronome. He's a human metronome. But, so undone, I should go buy that then. Please do. Yeah, cool. We'll see you on the podcast. You bet. Hi, y'all. Hi. Got the giggles, do you? Yes. <laughs> so, I'm Jackie. Hi. Katie. Jackie and Katie. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome, Jackie and Katie, y'all. Um, we were wondering, um, what was your favorite mem memory and episode of working with the Star Trek cast? Who? Um, what do they do? <laughs> they stand in front of a camera and say words. <laughs> the, the actors. Yes. Brent Spiner. Yes. Woo. Marina Sirtis. Yes. Will Wheaton. <laughs> and Michael Dorn. Yes. Never heard of them. <laughs> um, what, what was the question? My favorite memory. And your favorite episode. My favorite memory, my favorite episode. My favorite episodes tended to be those where we did not have to wear our spacesuits. Um, we hated our spacesuits. Um, so uh, the Holmes and Watson episodes, Elementary Dear Data, those were fun. Um, I think my favorite memory um, actually did not take place on the set. Um, I had occasion uh, many, many Octobers ago uh, to get married. And the day I got married, um, my Star Trek family was all there. In fact, my best man was Brent Spiner. And my groomsmen were Michael Dorn, Jonathan Frakes, and Patrick Stewart. So, my wedding picture freaking rocks. Thank you, ladies. I'd also like to say thank you because I grew up watching Reading Rainbow, so thank you for that. You're welcome. Give my hand.
Right? Whatever. Right? Uh, any third thing, Sherlock Holmes. Right? Um, Stephen Moffat. Yeah. <laughs> Genius. Yeah. Genius. Definitely. Yeah. My question is, Star Trek, could you see through that visor? Because, you know, you probably heard this question before, but... The answer like is still the same. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Like Not like much. Not much at all. Well, People don't believe me when I say, when I t- they say, well, you know, could you see? See, no, not really. The visor um, limited my vision substantially. It cut off about 80% of my ability to see. Because, look, uh, the film sets are full of a couple of things. Um, egos. <laughs> and light. There's light and lighting everywhere. My eyes are brown. Jordy's eyes, when, without the visor, were white. And so we never could see my eyes behind the visor. And so the seal had to be as good as we could get it. So consequently, in addition to casting my face, to making a mold of it, to fit the visor as well as we could, we affixed the visor to my head by screwing it in. And see, I told you, a lot of people don't believe me when I tell them how the visor was attached, but we literally screwed it into my head. One of these days I'm gonna bring the visor to one of these things and, and show you. There were flanges on the inside of the visor and on the Outside of those flanges were little hexagonal screws, the female ends of which were embedded. In the visor box that was handed to me by Charlie Russo, um, there were two, the two male keys that fit into the female fittings. And one turned clockwise, the other counterclockwise. And as I turned the screws, the flange would press against my temples. And then I would take the screws, put them in the box, and then the orange, magnetized, reflective, we call blinkies, the blinkies I would just put on, and that took about 30 seconds. (laughs) After about 30 minutes, I get a little bit of a headache. All around, you can't, you, when the way you act, it looks like you see everything. Yeah, well, that's Until why they call it acting. <laughs> in essence, I couldn't see that. I couldn't see that. Um, in the first season, I bumped into everyone and everything. But eventually, I learned how to navigate without seeing my feet, which was the key to, to Jordy's character, um, to be confident enough to in everything that he did and 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 having to learn how to know where I was on the sets without without visual reference that included the information of where my feet were um, really helped in, in that confidence once I mastered that ability to use you know signs and 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 and, and markers on the set as a, as a way of, of navigating um, it, it got a lot of fun for me, but in, in, in initially it was really it was painful. Well, bravo! Thank 
Well, thank you. Thank you. Hello. Hi. Um, my name is Elena. Elena. First, I want to say that I, I loved reading Rainbow. My daughter liked it because um, I had books then that I can go to the library and read to her. She didn't really like the show, but she liked, she liked the books that came out of the show. So. What is wrong with your child? <laughs> She reads a lot. Well, a lot. God bless. The end result is yes, the same. Yes, exactly. Was it me personally? That she no, didn't no. Know? And she loves you as, as Jordy. She just didn't like reading Rainbow. Yeah, I don't okay. know. But anyway. Was it the eyes that threw her on? <laughs> she was off put by the fact that I could actually see. She all, the thing she liked the best about reading Rainbow was actually the, the children's reviews. Right, the book she reviews. She loved those. Right. But the stories themselves, I guess she didn't like. But anyways. The, one qu the question that I had was, I would ju I'm just curious as to how you're feeling about the anniversary reunion here this weekend and, and seeing you know, the other Star Trek actor actors and hanging out. I, I gotta tell you, this, uh, this, um, this reunion tour that, that we're sort of on, it was kicked off a couple of weeks ago uh, up in Calgary. And it was the first time um, all nine of us, including Denise and Will, had been on stage at a con at the same time. It was absolutely unprecedented, and, and it was a blast. Um, our cast really, we love one another. Um, and the truth about our lives these days is we don't often get a chance to hang out, certainly not with the sort of frequency that we did when we were making the show. And so these weekends are terrific for us. Um, because we get to spend time with each other in addition to spending time with all of you. So I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm, I'm ecstatic. I'm, I'm very happy to be here this weekend and, and, uh, and drink with my friends. Well, we're very happy. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Hi, this is Celestia. Can I take this down? Yeah, because she's absolutely. Small? Uh, before she asks her question, I want to tell you, first of all, that you changed my childhood. Because if Jordy LaForge said it was okay to read, then it was okay for me to read. <laughs> wow. And that was really the six-year-old logic there. Um, but Sound logic. Sound logic. I wanted to say thank you for that before she asked her question. Sure. Hi. Hi. Um, What's your name? Celestia. Celestia. C-E-L-E-S-T-I-A. That's beautiful. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, What's your favorite episode of Reading Rainbow? Wow. My favorite episode of Reading Rainbow has to be based on a book called The Bionic Bunny Show. And it was, it was on that episode of Reading Rainbow, Celestia, that we actually went behind the scenes of Star Trek The Next Generation. I saw that episode on, on YouTube. That's my favorite episode! But Celestia, what's your favorite episode of Reading Rainbow? The same one as yours. I love that about you! You have impeccable taste, Celestia. Thank you. You're welcome. Tomorrow I'm coming as um, one of your um, crew ones. Uh, which one? Let me guess. You're coming as Worf. No! No? Who? Um, she... Aura. Aura. 
You're coming as a hula. I cannot wait. This is exciting. Celestia, we'll see you tomorrow. Give her a hand, y'all. Will Celestia's parents stand up? Is that you? Great job, Mom. I'm a big fan of your work. I had a question about the visor in acting challenges. Yes. As an actor, mm -hmm. especially when you're on camera, your eyes are such an important part of the performance. Right. So the camera can never see your eyes. Right. And then the other actors can't see your eyes when they're performing. Right. What kind of challenges did they It really sucked. <laughs> tricks around it? I mean, because you obviously were great, so what were you doing? I don't know! <laughs> um, seriously, I, I, I loathed the fact that my eyes were covered. Um, and ultimately, I believe that it made a better actor out of me, that I had to learn how to communicate um, in other ways. And I think that that what I, I used my voice a lot. Um, and I really relied on energetics. The energy of Jordy was what I was really working with more than anything else. And, and I, I, I gotta believe at some level it was successful um, because that major tool for communication was absolutely taken out of my bag of tricks. And I just had to compensate for it, but it was, it, I, I can't explain what I did. Um, I just went to work every day and tried to do my best to, you know, to play the character in an honest, uh, interesting, um, and um, and friendly way. Um, I wanted Jordy to be someone that everyone see because everybody else was so serious. I mean, the characters, not the actors, you know? Picard, my God, how long was that stick that seemed to be? Were the stories here on the set that everybody else was having a lot of fun and he didn't get that? Well, he, at the very beginning, at the very beginning, at the very beginning, he took himself incredibly seriously. Um, and, and so it was really my intention to make sure that Jordy was accessible. That's the word that I was looking for. That Jordy was accessible. That you felt like you could have a drink with Jordy and, and, and have a great conversation. Um, so um, that was the energy that, that I really you know, went to work with every day and, and really tried to bring to the character. Well, for me, you were successful. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you. How are we doing on time? Doing good. We're doing all right? We've got time for a couple more, yeah. God bless, a couple more. Um, hi, I'm Miguel. Hi, Miguel. Uh, and who's the little friend in your hand? Uh, my little blog, I guess. Your blog? <laughs> Future. Uh -huh. um, and I'm gonna ask you a question that- Did you ask for permission, Miguel? No. Can I ask for permission now? Uh, a little late, don't you think? <laughs> it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission sometimes. <laughs> Oh yes, yes. It's easier too. <laughs> but I have I have one of the more universal questions that I wanted to ask you. Um, besides Picard, mm -hmm. 
Who are the best starship captains in Star Trek besides Picard himself? I mean, it's a short list, isn't it? Well, well, it's a short list, but it's a very controversial list. I'm pretty sure almost everybody in here has gotten an argument about it. All right, well, um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say my favorite Star Trek captain is Captain LaForge. <laughs> Accessibility, you are like Mr. Accessible. I, uh, for books, uh, roots, you were the, you were everything, man. I appreciate everything you've done. Thanks, Miguel. Thank you, man. Hi there. Uh, my name is Meredith, and thank you so much, first of all, for taking questions from all of us. Absolutely. Um, and I had heard that you were, uh, you had a big role in getting Whoopi Goldberg mm. onto the Next Generation mm. series. And what she had said was that uh, her view of sci-fi up until Gene Roddenberry came along was pretty bleak because there weren't mixed races in the future, it seemed like. Mm-hmm. That, you know, the future was just all white people. For the most part. <laughs> so what? Which is a very distressing thought. Yes. <laughs> and I Given the nature of the way they've conducted themselves throughout history. I rest my case. <laughs> and I certainly wouldn't dispute that, but uh, I was wondering what was it about uh, Star Trek that made you want to be part of the franchise when you first saw the original series? Oh, without question, it was Gene's vision. It was Gene's vision and, the, and the, the idea that when the future came that there was a place for me. Whoopi and I have had this conversation. We had this conversation many, many times. Having Nichelle Nichols on the bridge of the original Enterprise meant that we were represented when, when that future eventuality came. The, the vision that Gene created was one that I could relate to, and it was one that I wanted to live in. I totally embraced Gene's idea that we would eventually rise to the highest level of expression as human beings and that we would one day resolve all issues of racism, sexism, classism, um, economy would, would be handled and that we would actually achieve a level of cooperation as opposed to competition. We would cooperate as a family in humanity and pool our resources, our efforts, and our brilliance in the service of exploration and, and going out and looking for other sentience in the universe and treating all of that diversity that exists in creation with respect and admiration. I just thought that was freaking brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. She's back. Um, I have two questions. All right. One. Now you're pushing. (laughs) One. How old are you? Oh, it's am I? Hooey, it means that you're like you like Doctor Who. Really? 
hooey, hoovian, very, very similar. Um, indeed, I am. Um, my daughter, who is responsible for my love of Sherlock, is also responsible for my love of all things David Tennant. As to how old I am, I'm going to ask you to guess. <laughs> 1,500. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Thank you for coming. <laughs> and going. Hi, LeVar. Hi. Uh, so Star Trek was a big influence on allowing sci-fi to come on into the mainstream, uh, obviously with the original series and Next Generation. It allowed for you know more show, more shows such as Doctor Who and uh, other sci-fi shows to come out. My question to you: Is there any? Well, who species? predates Trek? Doesn't yeah. right <laughs> by about a jillion well, in years? In the American public, then. yeah. Uh, my question to you is: There any other sci-fi TV shows that you sort of religiously watched? Um, no. Imagine Firefly. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, and then there's Battlestar Galactica. The original. And the reboot. Um, that's about all. I think. Oh, Eureka. I love Eureka. Don't you love Eureka? Great show. Great show. Um, so hi there. Hi. Um, you were a fairly large part of my childhood, so this is pretty cool. And you are an enormously large part of my present. <laughs> so when, when I found Star Trek as a kid, I thought that the relationship between Jordy and Data was fantastic. The fact that you, know, you explored what it was to be human together was, was pretty fantastic, especially you know for a little kid. Um, and I was just wondering, do you and Brent Spiner just do stuff all the time. Is that what you mean? By stuff. <laughs> what exactly do you mean? Do you go on dates? You can. <laughs> no. We do not go on dates. We have, on occasion, attended <laughs> movies together. <laughs> However, we bought our tickets separately. Well, that's really all I needed to know. What are you trying to get at? <laughs> are you best friends? Is all I wanted to know. No comment. <laughs> Thank you. I just had one real quick question for you. Um, Did you go on dates? <laughs> I was trying to move past that. Um, um, in addition to reading Rainbow and, and Next Generation, um, another big part of my childhood was Captain Planet. <gasps> I'm a good fan. 
Um, my question is, um, Ed Azar is also going to be here this weekend. Uh, did you did you uh, did you get to work with him at all on oh, that? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Ed Asner was in Roots. Ed Asner played the ship's captain. Yeah, in Roots. Absolutely. I love that you love Captain Planet. I do. I do. It's all it's all about the mullets. It, well, <laughs> the mullet is a very underrated hairstyle, especially green. Well, green I think is the best color for a mullet. Don't you think? Um, well, anyway, thank you all for coming. Um, LeVar's going to be at his booth uh, signing uh, periodically uh, down in the, the, the uh, exhibitor hall. Um, also, check back um, Sunday at 1.30 in the big ballroom down there, 120. Uh, we will be doing the Next Generation uh, reunion with him and all of his other castmates that are here. We're in the big ballroom? Yeah, yeah, we're the big one. Nice. Should be Very a good time. Very nice. Very anyway, nice. Thanks, LeVar. Hey, y'all. Thank you for coming, for lending your time. Your energy. I'll see you next time, but you don't have to take my word for it.